Are blockchain music platforms worth it? Today, I speak with a special guest who's a recording artist, but also works behind the scenes at one of the top music platforms in the crypto space. Coming up on this episode of Crypto Until Infinity. Now entering the Bitcoin Podcast Network. Episode 17 of Crypto Until Infinity. I'm DJ's Never in the Story. Shout out to the women of blockchain. I'm happy to say that my very first guest is a young lady in the blockchain space that goes by Emily Sankofa. She's a recording artist, film composer, and A&R for the blockchain music platform, Tune. She's here to talk today about her experience in the blockchain music space. Curious to see what she has to say, especially that she's worked behind the scene. But before we kick the conversation off, we're going to start with some music. Let's go. Times have you pictured me naked? Cause I call you a friend, but I know that I'm faking. I swear sometimes I look at you. Things I wanna do, friends just don't do you want when you come round. Make it go up when I go down. This is the first round, cause it's been a long time coming. When you gon' let me hit it? When you gon' let me? Fill you up when you come round We could go up when I go down Cause it's just the best round Cause it's been a long time coming When you gon' let me hit it When you gon' let me hit it Boy, yes, I know This could get messy Lost all control Won't you undress me? I've been suppressing my feelings But each day they grow and I mean it I think you should know now Put you up when you come round We could go up when I go down This is the first round Cause it's been a long time coming When you gon' let me hit it When you gon' let me I feel you up when you come round We could go up when I go down Cause it's the first round Cause it's been a long time coming When you gon' let me hit it When you gon' let me hit it Smell so good Tell me why I feel so safe here When you're in race Oh, You smell so good Tell me why I feel so safe here When you're in race Oh, Will you up when you come round We could go up when I go down This is the first round Cause it's been a long time coming When you gonna let me hit it When you gonna let me Backseat, so you get it naked in the rear view. Ooh, 
Welcome back to Crypto Until Infinity. I'm DJ. It's never in this story. I got the talented Emily Sankofa on a Skype call. She likes to go by MO for short. How you doing, MO? I'm good. How are you? Doing pretty good. Pretty good. So tell us about yourself. How did you first get involved with the blockchain space? Um, okay. Well, I'll start, I guess, for all the listeners that don't know me. Um, my full artist name is Emily Sankofa. Um, most people call me MO. Um, But as far as getting involved with the blockchain space, um, maybe late 2000, well, as far as blockchain and music, maybe late 2017, um, a peer of mine put me on to Tune, 
And uh, I spent a bit of time just combing through their white paper just to, you know, kind of familiarize myself with the platform, what it was offering um, and how I could incorporate it into what I was doing as an artist. Um, and I was really captivated by their entire platform, the team that they had built around um, the platform and just the things that they um, had mapped out for the future of the platform. And so from there, I was really hooked. Um, and once, um, they started doing a call for artists, um, I submitted to become one of the beta artists. Um, and when they launched the platform in May, you know, I was a part of that and, um, you know, here we are <laughs> strong kit for blockchain and music and really just blockchain technology in general. Got you. Well, first off, what, what type of music do you do? You know, that's always a hard question to answer because um, I just feel like as an artist and I mean, I guess this may sound cliche, but if you if you listen to like my entire catalog, it always sounds like a different. It sounds like the same artist, but it's just really actually sounds like a completely different artist. And so um, I really I mean, I've created stuff that's soulful i've created house electronic i've created a lot of stuff um i score films too so i mean i i really am influenced by a lot um i create and move between a lot of different genres um right now i've been doing like um some well i wouldn't say acoustic but singer songwriter type stuff but i mean I, i'm really like not necessarily all over the place, um, but I really just create um, based on the space that I'm in and whichever genre comes out, it just comes out. I can't really explain it. I'm sure you could maybe relate, but yeah. Oh, no, 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 definitely. I can relate. You know, that's the thing about being an artist, composer, music producer. I think people try to box us in like based on if they hear a certain, uh, a certain amount of our catalog and mm-hmm. without really knowing the full extent of what we, what we can do. Like a lot of us artists, you know, we like to uh, experiment. You know, we don't like to be trapped in the same genre over and over again. Like you get bored as an artist, you get bored as a creator. So, yeah, I definitely relate. And that's pretty cool. Like any type of, uh, I, I know you said film, like any type of uh, like big names uh, you work with in that space? Um. Well, actually, I just... Um well, it's not released yet, but there's a film called uh, Parallax, a short film. Um, the director is Adjuri Akpolo. He's a Nigerian-American filmmaker. Um, and one of the uh, main characters in that film was Deron Horton, who's uh, Lionel in Dear White People. He was also oh, in wow. Rome State Drill. Um, nice. There's, there's uh, some other short films that I've worked on. Um you may or may they were in a lot of the festivals, but may, mainly I've been doing like indie films. But I think um, Parallax was a short film that has uh, a big name in it that I've recently worked on. Um, but to be honest, all of my peers are big people to me. They're they're I see I see them before the world sees them. So I'm honored right. to work with everybody that I that I work with because I I don't I don't typically work with people that aren't gonna be something or don't have um great creative juices to offer to the world so that's just how i look at it (laughs) no that's a great attitude to have always support your friends first and also i know uh i want to ask you a separate question but just before i do that um 
I know a lot of us creators, especially, like I said, music composers and producers, you know, we're kind of bounced around in the music industry. And, you know, just working with anybody, you're kind of prone to being, you know, ripped off, gypped one way or another. Would you say that's one reason why you might have gotten into the blockchain space? Like you have more of control of where your music career might go uh, when it comes to the the legal stuff, when it comes to just cutting out more middlemen. Would, would you say blockchain kind of kind of helped you, you know, kind of go that route? Funny that you asked that because um, I have been independent, comp- basically like my entire time doing music. Um, And when I learned about um, blockchain in terms of like how it's being um, structured for the music industry and the solutions that are being built around the technology for the music industry, I was even more intrigued because it, it will give me an opportunity to have, like you said, even more control over my career and also to cut out again, like the middleman. Um, because I've, I've toyed with the idea of, you know, maybe like, what's the purpose? Not necessarily what's the purpose, but what would things be like if I were to sign to a label or whatever the case may be? Because I think really a lot of artists don't assess why they want to be signed before they pursue that option. Right. The way that I look at labels in terms of my career would simply be a bank, um, a bank and Uh, an advertising house, right? Because essentially that's what labels do. They give you the funds to do basically whatever, not necessarily whatever you want. Of course, they want to make money off of what they're giving you because they're essentially investing in your projects, investing in your career, but they're giving you money and they're giving you the resources to make it larger than life so that you could basically make your money and they want to make their money too. You know what I'm saying? So a lot of artists don't like, they don't look at it as a mutually beneficial exchange and they don't know all of the things that go on behind the scenes that affect how their relationship with the label will go. And so sometimes when you come to the table with these people, like, you know, label execs and people that see you as a dollar sign, if you don't, don't have some type of leverage, And also, if you cannot demonstrate that you have some type of knowledge about what's happening when you sign your contract, when you sign your paperwork, and when you don't have people around you, it's easy to get taken advantage of. So I feel like even if I ever get onto a label, I know enough about what happens um, and how that system works to negotiate something that's mutually beneficial for both parties and to really get what I need to get out of it. And then, you know, move on about my business, you know, just kind of take it as a step and then scale it from there, you know. Exactly. Um, And so, like I said, like with blockchain, I just I saw an opportunity and I see an opportunity. I guess speaking present tense because it's evolving. But um, I see an opportunity to really take control over my career, especially because it's new. Um, and, and I've recognized like every now and then I just take a second to like assess where I am in life. And I was thinking about like the common thread just as I've grown as an artist and I've typically like done things that, um, or I've typically like been an early adopter, you know what I'm saying? Like when new music technology comes out or like even when Spotify dropped Nice. and there weren't really 
even any like platforms that were allowing independent artists to distribute their music to like iTunes and all that stuff. So I was just like, you know, when I saw Spotify and I was just like a consumer at that point, I was like, yo, like this, (laughs) you know what I'm saying? Like, and now here we are, Spotify is this huge thing. We have Apple Music, Tidal and all of these spinoffs. And now I see that same lane for, for blockchain and music. Um, but I see more incentives to become a part of it than I did. Um, and that I do with like, you know, Spotify and all of the other platforms, um, that haven't really quite figured out how to really compensate or give artists what they're actually giving to the platform. Because at the end of the day, like there is no, uh, there is no Spotify or Apple music without, you know, the artist. And I'm sure, you know, artists can distribute their music however they want. Um, But there's still some kind of, like, exchange that's happening there. But I just feel like um, with the artists driving the bulk of the platform, I feel like, you know, there should be a better exchange in terms of the payout and all of that kind of stuff. And it's not happening. And so I see that opportunity with blockchain technology. And so, yeah, here we are. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, I agree. There's really no transparency when it comes to companies like Spotify. And I've actually talked about this before on one of my episodes. Spotify, as of right now, I still don't think they have a profitable uh, business model, even though they're the number one company. They're even beating out Apple Music right now, at least from what I last read. Um, But yeah, I mean, you know, they're, they're spending a lot of money when it comes to licensing you know, they're going through a lot of legal fees, you know, a lot of these um, a lot of these artists just really don't know, like exactly how their money is divided, you know, among, you know, when it comes to like royalties and stuff. So, yeah, blockchain really gives you some transparency, really gives you some control. But I want to say, like, what what are some of the difficulties since we are early adopters right now? What are some of the the, the feats that you think the blockchain music space has to triumph over in order for it to be even more successful in order to gather those people that are attracted to Spotify, Apple to really bring them over. I think the number one thing that I've run into, even with talking to a lot of my peers about like just tune and, you know, other um, blockchain music services is that they don't really understand the crypto world in general. Um, and so like, that's the first barrier because it's like this mysterious kind of like, is it real money? Is it not like what, how do we even navigate this space? What are wallets? You know, it's just all these components that come with even diving into this space. And when you start doing your research, it's not as complicated as it seems, but that's really like the most difficult thing. Um, and that was why I spent so much time doing research before I even pursued, you know, um, getting my music and um, everything on tune. Because for me, like, you know, I have always been interested in crypto since learning about it, like when it first came out. But at the time, I didn't understand the technology behind it, how it worked, how to earn, how it was tied to like fiat currency you know what i'm saying and so it's just like when you're dealing with artists who are already used to kind of like getting the lower end of the stick um and there's there some of them don't even have like good business sense to begin with you know what i'm saying yeah right (laughs) 
when you have that and you don't understand licensing and all these other components that just come with the music industry in general, and then you add this whole nother layer, people just get all turned around. And so I feel like there definitely needs to be some education in this space um, behind just crypto in general and how to get into it and how it ties to what people or artists are doing um, musically and how it can benefit them. Because once we get that barrier out of the way, I feel like things will be a lot easier in terms of convincing people to convert um, to maybe even exclusively a release music on these platforms like these crypto platforms and completely abandon you know spotify or whatever and that's that's actually going to take a lot of time because it takes time to convince people people have to see the results you know you know how that goes um other thing is you know apple and spotify and title they're still dominating this space they've created these huge brands that are backed by um quote-unquote trusted people and entities um yeah so you know yeah that's that's how that that works but i really i i think that's like the biggest thing um other i mean aside from that like just the growing pains of starting something new you know just like design stuff that that play a role into what people um think is valuable or you know like for example when when um twitter first came out right and you see like their platform i don't know if you've seen like what twitter looked like when it first came out i I did i did yeah (laughs) what is this like this is never gonna be anything you know what i'm saying and then like again here we are twitter is like one of the number one social media platforms even facebook facebook was the same way um and so you know it really takes it really takes i guess in terms of when you think about just people in general and you think about like human behavior, how people respond to things, it takes a lot to convince people. People really want like the full package there before they jump on something completely new and abandon like everything they've known. And so it really takes special people to see potential in things before they get to that point, because usually those are the people um, that win big and, and, really are like the pioneers in my opinion of a lot of essentially every movement yeah <laughs> every, you, every movement you know what i'm glad you brought up the education aspect there's a music festival later this year in october in san francisco called the omf festival our music festival and it's headlined by uh the edm producer zed and i think it was the brainchild of producer blau and Part of their festival is actually going to be having uh, educational booths, which I thought was pretty interesting. I kind of thought it would take away from the festival experience. But at the same time, as what you said, there's a lot of um, misinformation put out there. And also, yeah, in order for people to abandon the traditional route, they really need to learn what's going on. It's a lot of stigma in crypto right now that I think a lot of people have to get over, Um, you know, us being in, being in a bear market right now is really not helping, but <laughs> um, just crypto in general, there's a lot of stigma around it. And yeah, the education really needs to be out there. So that makes me think, what what are some things, um, I know you're with Tune, but in terms of other music blockchain spaces, what are some things that you're seeing that you're actually liking? I know you say you do a lot of research, so I'm just guessing you might you might have looked at other uh, platforms as well. Yeah, so um, in terms of just like the technology or like what they're offering? 
just in general, just things that you feel might lure more of the uh, people that are, you know, really going toward the traditional route? What are some things they're doing to kind of lure people in? What are like some incentives you see out there? So what I what I particularly like about um, this space is the transparency, Um, because like, for example, um, you know, when you are uh, when you're listening to something really because we don't we don't have liner notes and all that stuff anymore. Right. Right. Um, mainly because people are distributing digitally. And I've noticed that a lot of artists don't even in this space, when they have like a, a place to put descriptions or tell you who worked on what you don't really know. And so I think it's cool to, to see, um, the smart contracts. Like, so when you have, uh, when you do like, uh, when you register music with, like BMI, ASCAP or whatever, you put in the splits as, in terms of like who owns what percent of the song, right? So just like seeing the 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 ownership between the collaborators yeah. in on music, like I love that idea for everybody to be able to see it, listeners, collaborators, everybody. And then the ease of the payout, right? So it's just like, there's no bickering over, oh, because you know, like when you register your stuff with like BMI and ASCAP, Whoever owns it completely is responsible for paying out the rest of it to everybody when they get sick. You know exactly, what I mean? Exactly. Yeah. And that doesn't always happen, especially when you're not making that much off of it anyway. Right. So it's less it's less of a hassle to worry about all of that stuff. And for everybody to kind of see like, OK, here's how it's being computed. You see how much people are making off of everything. It's no confusion. And I, that's really one of my favorite features. That's actually what sucked me in. Cause I'm like, yo, this is easy. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And, and the other thing is that like with this system, um, you know, you, you can still register with like ASCAP and BMI and all that for commercial opportunities, because you know, you got to do that if your stuff is like on TV or whatever the case may be. But in terms of just like streaming and being able to, you know, easily input people's names, their splits and all that. And it's a done deal. Like what? You know what I'm saying? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. You know, know, the crazy thing, um, you know, also dealing with like ASCAP or BMI, I'm actually with ASCAP. And when it comes to, you know, getting your payments, I mean, it could be almost a whole year. You know, exactly. depending on the type of project that you worked on or, you know, the type of performance it was, it might be a whole year before you even see your royalties. You might even forget, you know, that kind of makes people slip up when it comes to the paperwork. You know, you forgot all about something that you did just because it took so long to get the money. <laughs> yeah, I completely agree with that, too. And actually, that's another thing that I like is the um, daily statements and you know, you kind of get to see almost real time what you're bringing in. You know what I'm saying? Right. And I'm I'm really excited about um, like feature, uh, not feature, um, future features that will be incorporated into various platforms. I know specifically for like Tune with the remix feature um, that they plan on incorporating where like, you know how when you upload stuff on SoundCloud or especially like, you know, producers and stuff that'll do remixes. And, you know, your, your song is taken down because you don't have the clearance to right. basically sample or whatever. And so with like with the remix, um, the remix contract or whatever, it's like it'll be set up in a way where if you like see or are interested in remixing um, like a song that you hear on tune, you can automatically set the percent that you want to give to somebody 
if they use or remix your song, right? So it's easy that way nice. too. Change you don't have to chase people down and like, yo, take that down. I didn't give you authorization to use that or whatever. It's like it just makes everything so much simpler. Because like I understand why people want to control how other people monetize their work. But we're in a space where it's just like sometimes you're just inspired by stuff and and like some people are just out of reach. And so it's just like you could have made this dope remix and you can't even release it or you can't have it heard because of the technicalities behind like, you know, the clearance and all that stuff. And so yeah. I actually really like to see this technology being incorporated into the music industry as a whole, because I think it will simplify a lot of things and prevent people from, you know, not being able to share their work or to level up or whatever you want to do. You know what I'm saying? Cause like a lot of people got famous and not famous, just got heard off of SoundCloud. Like they launched yeah. their careers off of just remixes and, you know, just all kind of stuff. You know what I'm saying? And so it's just like an opportunity um, to be heard or to, to get other opportunities just to connect the dots with, with, um, with regards to like your career, you know what I'm saying? So I think that's also one of the coolest features. Um, yeah. yeah. And as you said, you know, some people have gotten famous off remixes and I know SoundCloud has changed over the years. Like they've gotten real, real bad. I mean, I remember I did a remix to a Justin Bieber song and they gave me two strikes. They gave me a strike for the audio and they also gave me a strike for the picture because I was using, you know, his image or whatever. I'm like, wow. Wow. You know, and they t <laughs> they took it down real fast, and it actually stopped me from having the download capability oh. on my whole uh, SoundCloud page for a while. So it just really screwed me over. But that's pretty cool. I didn't know Chun was doing that with the uh, with the whole remix aspect. I kind of wonder if you just made me think of something. I kind of wonder if maybe because you know a lot of producers sample, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. not necessarily doing a remix, but I wonder if Chun or any other music platform they can designate where the artist. If somebody else samples their work, like, you know, just take like a second or two of their work, they could actually put that in a smart contract or whatever to say, like, if somebody uses a certain segment of this song, you know, I'll receive such and such percentage. And that could be that could really revolutionize, like when it comes to, to the legalities of sampling, you know, all the paperwork you have to go through that. So I kind of wonder if that might come about in the future as well. Yeah, I think I think. um I don't know for sure, but I think it might actually function in that way too. Oh, okay. Um, because essentially like when you're remixing, I mean, you are in a way kind of sampling or like reinterpreting anyway. Um, and so that it, it might end up functioning like that um, as well. But I definitely know for like remixes, that's going to be a feature. Um, and I think that's probably coming out. Let me look at the roadmap because, um, yeah, so they're launching that August 2019. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah. So that's when you could do um, pre-approved remixes with automatic earning splits. And, again, you basically, like, if you if you heard my song and you wanted to remix it, I would basically have, like, a, a blanket percentage that I would be willing to forfeit if you remixed it and released it basically right so, so it's kind of like the the monetization of the playlist as well you know what i'm saying and actually that's right. a feature that i really love too because like with a lot of these um 
these music streaming platforms, you know, there are people who are making the playlists that work for the company. And, you know, sometimes when I listen to these different playlists on um, these platforms, it's like a lot of good music just doesn't get heard because people are putting like top 40 stuff. And there are definitely playlists for like, you know, Indie, independent artists. I, I find a lot of independent artists on some of these playlists, but I just feel like it's cool to put the control in the hands of the listener as well, um, especially for people who thrive on, like, I, I have friends that have made, like, playlists and stuff on, like, Apple Music or um, Spotify, and, I mean, they have, like, thousands of followers, and they're creating, like, this ecosystem within their own little space on this platform, but they're not being compensated for it. Right. It's just like, I think that was a really cool feature that kind of blew my mind as well, um, because I'm interested to see how this takes shape or just how this shapes the way we engage with listeners um, and just how it like morphs the, the industry in general. Like, I'm just, I cannot wait to see how this unfolds. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm excited to hear about that because curation is like, at a, I feel it's like at an all time high right now. If you don't have the talent to actually make the music or the content, you can definitely be a curator and just like, as as you said, like feed this ecosystem, like you're just as important. So that's pretty cool. Monetize playlists. Yeah. And I think I, it's really like making listeners DJs. I mean, you, right. that's, it's like a new way of thinking about a DJ. You essentially have the potential to break artists um, just to share what you like and what you listen to. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's just, you know. I think it's cool. I think it's like an opportunity for people to, like I said, essentially become DJs because that's that's what it is, basically. Right, right. <laughs> Doing it on a platform versus in a club or in a venue um, and you get to be compensated for it. <laughs> gotcha. Cool. Well, yeah. Speaking of content, how about yourself? Do you have any new projects coming up? Any new things in the film world? Uh, anything like that coming up for you? Yeah, so um, as far as my music as an artist, I'm working on an EP called Geometry, um, and I released the single Circles on Tune. Um, so if you were to go to my Tune profile or artist profile, um, that would be the only song you see up there because um, I'm, I'm like honing in on that. But right now I'm finishing up my Geometry EP, um, and I'm really excited about that Uh because the project is just crazy. <laughs> um, <Gotcha. laughs> but I'm excited for the visuals, the music, and all of that. And it's not going to be an extremely long project. Um, it's literally like five tracks on it. Um, but it's it's going to be dope. Um, so I'm not saying a date on it, but it will be coming out um, relatively soon. Um, so I guess you'll be one of the first people to know when I get that date um, or when I lock in that date. Um and as far as film, um, right now, a lot of the projects that um, I spent a few months um, working on are now coming to the surface. So I've got a few different screenings happening. I've got films um, that I scored that are currently in the festival circuit. Um, so, yeah, it's kind of that season right now where everything is being seen and shown and all that. Um, so, yeah, Parallax, Parallax actually just got selected for... Um, um, in the short category in the Bronze Lens Film Festival in Atlanta. 
Um, and it'll also actually be screening um, this Sunday, July 22nd at Lionsgate with a few other films. And then there's another film that I recently did called Souls of a Kindred Flame. Um, the director is Derek Garlington. I actually went to college with him at Hampton University. Um, he premiered um, the film in New York, and I think he's getting ready to do another one. But he's moving out to L.A., so there'll probably be some more screenings of that out here on the West Coast. So it's a lot going on. I'm just excited. I'm just trying <laughs> to stay locked in. Um all the music for geometry is finished. Um, but right now I'm doing like all getting all the visual stuff, um, together to get that going. Um, so once all the packaging and everything is, is done, um, I'm ready to press go on that and excited to see how the world receives it. Got you. That sounds pretty awesome. Yeah. I appreciate you coming by, um, speaking with me today. Um, before we go, mm -hmm. uh, give us your links. What's your website? What's your social media links? All right. So um, my social media, you can find me at Emily, E-M-M-O-L-E-I. That's pretty much all of my social media. Um, as far as my website, you can find me at um, e-sankofa.com. And Sankofa is spelled S-A-N-K-O-F-A. And again, that's e-sankofa.com. Um and what else did you you want? Uh, social media? What? You just said your projects, so we got that. Uh, yeah. Or just anything else you want to add before we leave? Um, and actually, follow my follow my music and sound company too, Bell Song Co. That's B E L S O N K O. Um, that's pretty much where I run all of my film projects. Um, that's the entity I run all of my film projects out of. Um, with my teams, three of us. We all went to grad school together. Um, so when we when we all do uh, these film projects together, um, we typically run it under there. But, yeah, that's it. That's where we at. Nice, nice, nice. Well, yeah, once again, I thank you for coming by, M.O. It's been a pleasure. Thank you so much. Before we sign off today, I want to play Emily's song, Circles, from her upcoming EP. If you want to know more information about the blockchain music space, please check out my article, Blockchain Music Platforms, A New Paradigm, on Medium.com. And you can also get a link to that article on DJsNeverInHisStory.com. Follow me on Twitter, DJS underscore NES, Instagram, DJsNeverInHisStory, the Telegram, T.me slash Crypto Until Infinity. Thanks again for tuning in. See y'all next week. Look, I know we've been, been fucking around, fucking around. It's been like this for quite a while. I just wanna tell you that I'm done with your ass. I'm tired of walking around in circles with your ass. I'm tired of going crazy over your ass. Goddamn, goddamn. This doesn't mean that we. This means that we really shouldn't have sex. One, two, three, four, five, two, two, three, four, five, three, two, three, four, five, four. I'm about to switch it up for. Why do you keep running me in circles? I can't take it.
conditions on our love, that's my fault. Please forgive me. Release me. Trust I'm okay. I'm just gonna have to love you from more distance. That's the best way Yeah. <laughs>